Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my god. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Welcome back to Three Shots In. I am Jake. And I'm Jess, and this is episode 37. 37. Season 337. That's crazy. That's crazy. This is the longest season we've had so far. Longest to date. Maybe we can beat it for season four. Who knows? But today, all that matters is the topic. Bathtub. Mm. When was the last time you took a bath, Jessica? In a bathtub? Um, honestly, I think I was like sick. And but, I, like, but like, how old were you? Oh, it was within the last year. Oh, shit. Yeah. I took one. Okay. And then like, it was several years before I took one before that, but- I usually only take one if I feel really, really sick. Okay. See, before like three years ago, Mm -hmm. it was like many, many, many years since I was a kid. Right. But then as an adult, I was really, really drunk in Vegas and I took a bath. Yeah. And I tried to seduce Danny. We were dating at the time. We weren't engaged. Sure. Sure. We were dating and I tried to seduce her from the bathtub. It didn't work. Um, I think think my like, my my sickly... (laughs) (laughs) approach really wasn't the move okay yeah that makes sense yeah i was like vomitous that's not very hot no but i shot my shot regardless you know good for you didn't work good for you well you know she's marrying you now so yeah she is she must she must have liked what she saw (laughs) you know i mean maybe not in that moment but like i don't know the totality you know the sum maybe you know what i like in every moment our patrons. Our patrons. How did you know? I just had a feeling. Yeah. Thank Who you. are our wonderful, hot, sexy patrons? Our wonderful, attractive, uh-huh. intelligent patrons. That's so smart. Our mom and dad. Yeah. Terry and Danny. Mm-hmm. Sam, Ricky, TJ, David, Jeremy, Abria, Thomas, and Flash. Wow. They are wonderful, intelligent, sexy people. So sexy. I think, hold on. Yes, I can confirm. Quarter chub. Good for them. Ew. Two of them are your parents. Uh, Okay, well, not for them. Okay. For the other, that's why it's only a quarter. One of them is my husband. Okay, and? Ew. Oh, oh my God, ew. Jessica, it's 2022. Let's (laughs) let's be a little more accepting, okay? Okay, no, you're right. Anyway, um, so we took shots tonight of- A lot of shots, I feel like. I took five, six- Five. I took six. I'm. I think I took four. Much less than me. But how many drinks did you have? This would be number. F- oh, it's empty. Number five is empty. Okay. Um. I took four shots of Bossman James Southern Apple Pie Moonshine. Yes, sir. I took four shots of that, and then one shot of El Himidor because I was feeling very sober, mm. and I decided that I did not want to feel very sober. I hate feeling sober. I don't. But uh, tonight, not for me. I, I can understand that. Okay. I have that feeling. Right. 22 hours a day. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. You're asleep some of those. You yeah, feel it even in your sleep? Even in, I, I wake up and I'm just like, where's the booze? Wow. But only only half the time. 
Because oh. I'm only a part-time alcoholic, not a full-time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So less than 30 hours a week, you desire alcohol desperately. 40? I <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been, as the kids say, a wage cuck in a really long time. <laughs> uh, less than 32 hours a week, yes. Okay. I am, I'm really fiending for some booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, that um, seems like a reasonable amount of time. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, yeah. I, I would agree. Um, so shots wise, I also had four shots of the boss man, James Southern apple pie moonshine, but I really didn't have anything else after that. Mm -hmm. Instead I had, I believe two Mike's harder lemonades. That's even harder than the regular. That's Mike's even hard. harder than the regular Mike's hard. Wow. Which I also had, I had a regular <laughs> Mike's hard lemonade. Um, and I had a ranch water. Oh, wow. And then I finished a Topo Chico tangy lemon lime hard seltzer. So we're five, we're five drinks down right now. I am halfway through my first Topo Chico hard seltzer, tropical mango. Oh, it's a tropical mango. Yeah. I didn't like it as much. It smelled better than it tasted. That's why I just got to chug them. You know, I don't want to chug them. Just, I, just, they, they make me burp and stuff. Just chug them straight down. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Those, no. Those hard seltzers are just not the best. You just gotta, gotta chug them. But I really like Topo Chico. Popo Chicho. Popo Chicho? My Popo Chicho. Yeah. I like that bubbly. Anyway. I got that bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you for not. Because I would have kept going. I know. It's would have been a whole thing. It was very difficult for me to resist. But anyway, we should probably spin the wheel. And oh. I'm going to do it. Well... Now okay. you have to tell me what it landed on. Well, that's fine. My hand was on the wheel before you spun it, but whatever. You snooze, you lose. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel that's for the Catholic Church. That is a fact. What would he paint for you? I don't know. I don't know Michelangelo. He's been dead for a long time. But what would he paint for you? Should, I mean, like what would I ask him to paint? No. What would he paint for you? No questions, no interviews. He paints this for you. What is it? This podcast studio. He, he paints the podcast studio? The walls and the ceiling. Okay. So you took this as what does he paint for you in your house? Like what physically does he paint on? I thought this was more of like a what does he paint and give to you as like a gift. Oh, I would not want a canvas. He would come in here in person and paint mm. every wall in this room. Okay. See, in my head, I saw a canvas, a specifically a canvas painting of a homoerotic scene of Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. Interesting. Yes. That's what you would request? Mm -hmm. Or he would just know that you no, needed he that? No, he would know that that's what I would want. Okay. And so he would paint that. And in the background would be Blake Lively gasping and like covering her face. <laughs> she's just so shocked at what she's seeing. Yeah. But like semi-aroused. Kind of. You don't see where the tips of her left hand are, but you kind of know. It's implied. It's implied it's where they the are. It's in the subtext. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like our walls would be covered in, you know those murals that people paint on the side of vans? Like with a lot of lightning and like wizards and stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it'd be that. But instead of like your standard wizard with like the long white beard in his robes, casting spells, uh, defeating evil for the sake of good- it would be Doji Cat. 
oh, he's painting Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. How big is her ass in the painting? It's as big as real life. Oh, it's a real life ass. It's a real life size ass. Wow. And and her boobies, you know, are pushed up to her chin mm-hmm. and she's casting spells and stuff. You and know, she does. The world's getting saved from all these terrible creatures and the murals would illustrate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, marvelously, I assume. Probably it would be beautiful, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think I'd stare at that longer than I would stare at my painting from Michelangelo. Really? I don't know. Something about the homoeroticness between <laughs> Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. I think I would have a harder time with that painting <laughs> than, than the murals of Doja Cat. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, we have them both. So thank you, Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's by the way, in the murals, it's the more intense shaved head Doja. Oh, I don't like that. You don't like shaved head Doja? No, shaved head Doja scares me. She frightens you? Yeah. Does she intimidate you? When, when, when Doja is, is strutting with her shaved head, Mm -hmm. it kind of seems like she has like a 10 to 12 inch penis that she's going to sodomize me with. I see. And it scares me. It does. Yeah, I don't. She's got that fierce look in her eye like, I'm going to take you, boy. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh-huh. And no, I don't feel the same way or have the same fear, but I do understand why you feel it. Yeah. But that is that is the doja depicted in in these epic murals, which I fully understand. That's the doja who I would I would I would want in my murals. That's the doja you would want defending the earth if only one kind of doja could. Mhm. It'd be that one. I know. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, that that was That was it. We answered it. I answered it way faster than I thought. That was a very complex question, I thought at first. It wasn't that complex. I knew the moment I read it, I was like, oh yeah, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. Not necessarily getting it on, but very close to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I I was very confused by the question because I thought it was, what would you have him paint? Because the no. Sistine Chapel is murals on the ceiling and on the walls, I can only assume. I've never been to the 16th Chapel. I've... I don't think I've been to even one of the the 16 chapels. Neither have I, you know. I'm very I'm very untraveled, unseasoned, you yeah. might say. Yeah. Anyway, I could only think of what I would have Michelangelo Angelo paint physically, not what the the images would depict. You kind of leave that up to him or you kind of order him. I imagine you would have to tell him. Okay. But if I didn't have to tell him, I I also think he would just kind of put that together all on his own. It would be bald-headed Doja defending the world from demons and and like Balrogs from Lord of the oh Rings. Oh my God, there are Balrogs? Yep. I would only trust Doja to save me from the Balrogs. If it was only one kind of Doja too, it would be bald-headed Doja. It'd be bald-headed Doja. She would kill the Balrog, defeat him. Drink his blood or something? Drink his blood and then rape me into the ground. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't see, I mean- well, you know, that's a, that's a topic for another day. Bald-headed Doja taking advantage of you. She would. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm scared literally just talking about it. So well, you know what? maybe let's, we let's can change on. the subject. Let's move on. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I believe we're moving into the updates for this week. Sure. Why not? 10 words or less. You got updates? You want me to give the updates? I have some updates. Well, I mean, you go for it first then, Jessica. You're so, you're so ready. Threw out my back deadlifting. Ready for your wedding plus. Hmm. 
That was very strategic, throwing that plus. I know it was. At the end there, because it makes me want to ask more questions about it. By design. Anyway, throughout my back, deadlifting. You did. Is very... To the point. It, it is exactly how it is phrased. Mm-hmm. I was deadlifting at the gym, and I threw out my back. Ugh. And I had to walk around my house like I was trying to sneak up on someone mm-hmm. in order to avoid pain. But that was, luckily, only for like two days. Today was much better. Okay. Also, ready... What did I say? Ready for your wedding? Yeah. Plus? Plus. I am. I have my bridesmaid's dress and my shoes. Okay. I know what my hair is supposed to look like and what makeup I'm supposed to wear. And by that, I mean your lovely bride secured a makeup artist who would do it for me. She did. Um, I paid for it. Really fucking expensive. So you better look good because if you don't, I'm going to be pissed. Sure. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> also, um, there is a another wedding I will be attending as a groomsman. Oh, yes. I will also be attending the wedding. You will Not be a, as a groomsman. I will be a guest. You will be a guest. And I will be a groomsman. Yeah. In a suit, which I ordered, which will be arriving soon. Like a suit or like a pantsuit? Like a women's power suit. So a pantsuit. You're going to look like fucking Ellen DeGeneres oh, up on that bitch. I, I went to order it. Jane Lynch. L- listen, it looks nice. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a nice looking suit, but- in the pictures that they presented on the website to best illustrate how it would be worn and by whom, every single picture was of a lesbian. Right. And I'm not one of those, but okay. at the same time- You're open. Uh, no, they, they wore them well. Okay. And I took notes about how possibly not to present myself because one of the other groomsmen is my husband. Mm. And you know- I, I'm not a lesbian. Are you both going to bring like a, a, one of the bridesmaids home? No. 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 No, I'm not a bridesmaid hunter and I don't want to look like one either. (laughs) Okay. So I took notes for what not to look like, Mm -hmm. you know, because some of those women in there looked voracious. Oh, nice. Some of them were like the groom in the wedding in some of the pictures, you know? And so I was like, whoa, I got to make sure I don't look like these. Like, I don't want to look like I'm about to get married. Are you going to do some form of updo? Um, I'm still not sure. I'm actually, I, it's so I feel like you got to, me. I feel like you got to do one of those, like, like J-Lo, like super slicked back ponytails. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I I, that, that would look like feminine, but also very powerful. I have no and intimidating. idea. I feel so out of my element. I've never been a groomsman in any wedding before. I've been to a lot of weddings at this point. But you've never been a groomsman? I've been a bridesmaid one other time mm. besides your wedding. Uh-huh. And I'm a, I, that hasn't even happened yet. Right. I have m- almost no experience in weddings, period, because I didn't have one. No. I didn't have a wedding of my own. I was just a bridesmaid in our cousin Kelly's wedding and now I'm going to be a groomsman in my friend Casper's wedding. And then I'm going to be a bridesmaid again in your wedding. Yeah. So I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I mean, no offense. I just don't want to look super masculine when I do it. <laughs> I feel like if you don't though, you'll, you'll, you'll be doing it wrong. You think so? Yeah. I should just dike it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think if you don't look like you want to fuck the bridesmaids, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Damn. Okay. I mean, I'm going to break some hearts that night. That's fine. Break those hearts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to my wedding, mm-hmm. when you are a bridesmaid. Right. Um, hair down. 
for sure. Your your bride has already told me how my hair will be. Our, yeah. We're all going to wear our hair the same way. The bridesmaids, that That's is. That's totally something my bride would do. So my update is going to be a little less... Um, Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Watched a show. Mm, more boring so far. Thought was good. Actually was bad. Wow. Ah. Yes. So far, yes. More boring than my update. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I don't care. Okay. So there's a show on Netflix called Echoes. Yeah. And it's got this woman. And she's like a famous actress, but she's not like that famous. You know, like she's like always like the the wife Oh, you know, she's just the wife in things. She's just the wife in things. Like she's really not anything, anything more than just like the wife. Not a main character either. Like this, the wife that everyone knows is there, but doesn't has have a major role. Like if, like if you saw, first of all, major role. Um, if Ew. you saw her face, you would be like, oh my gosh, I recognize her from something. I don't know what she was, but I think she was the wife. Is she a brunette? Is she skinny? Does she have like really thick eyebrows, blue eyes? Oh my god, I think that's all accurate. Because I think I know exactly who that is. Well, that depends. Were you thinking about Michelle Monaghan? I need to see a face. That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> 100% that's exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah, Michelle Monaghan. She's she's the wife in like everything. Yep. She's like that wife. Like, oh, hey, I recognize her. What was she? Oh, I rec- she's from that show. What was she in that show? Uh, she was that dude's wife. You know, the guy's wife? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. So she was the main person in this in this show. She played actually two characters. She was they were twins, and she played both of the twins. Oh, um, it was very intriguing at the beginning, and then it got a little weird. And it was still intriguing but weird, and then it got real, real bad. Yeah, yeah. There's also a show called The Path. She's the wife. She's the wife in the path. In the path. Yeah. And the main characters. Are well, I don't remember the and other one. Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman is the main character, I would say. Right. She's Jesse Pinkman's wife. Yeah, she's the wife the of path. Jesse Pinkman. And that's you basically just described exactly how that show went. First it was very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Then it was intriguing, but like really weird. Okay. But like you were still on board. Mm-hmm. And then it just got bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what Echoes did. She was also the wife in the first season of True Detective. She was. Um, Woody Harrelson's Woody wife. Harrelson's character had a wife and that was her. Uh-huh. She was the wife. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. fooled around with um, Matthew McConaughey. She got a little weird with him. Yep. Yeah. What was her name? The character's name? Yeah. I don't know, Jacob. No, wife. She was, she was just the wife, right? She was just wife. Yeah. That's what she's best known as. Wife. She's that wife from that thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and they gave her, Jimmy, they, she was a star of this show. And she's a great actress, as it turns out. She's not just a wife. This No, she is a wonderful actress. She's a great actress. I will say that. Yeah. And the, this um, is back to Echoes, right? Back to Echoes. Great actress. Terrible show. Yeah. Didn't didn't do well. All right. We'll say. Okay. Uh, don't recommend it. Sure. I've recommended other shows mm-hmm. on this podcast. I won't recommend this one. Don't watch Echoes. Okay. It, it's worth skipping. That's how I feel about The Path. Yeah. I haven't watched The Path because you, you told me bad things about it. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're done talking about bad things, we're going to talk about good things. Are the good things bathtub crank? Well, the good things are Jacob's story. What's that about? Um, it's about bathtub crank. Okay. Which is crank. Do you know what crank is? Is it a, a drug of some kind? It's a drug. Okay. So 
I had never heard of bathtub crank. I thought my street lingo was like up to date. It wasn't. Bathtub crank Mm -hmm. is what they call poor man's meth. I see. I thought meth was poor man's meth. (laughs) (laughs) Not the case. There is a poorer man's meth. I see. And that is bathtub crank. Okay? Okay. So, the beginning of crank slash meth or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Back in the 1800s. That's a long time ago. Long time ago. It was known as speed. They called it speed in the 1800s? In the 1800s. They called it speed. Wow. That's right. So, it was initially produced as asthma medication. Then... That sounds about right. Right? Yeah, it would help you, you know, speed up those lungs, those airways, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, then an interesting man, we'll call him, I don't know, Hitler. Um, uh, oh. He thought, what would help my army uh, be capable of fighting nonstop without needing rest nor nutrition? Um, and it would make them really angry all the time. Bathtub crank. It, it was it was crank. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was speed, crank, methamphetamine, the whole nine. Okay. So Hitler was really the first one to turn it from a pharmaceutical to a drug. Okay. He got his soldiers on it so that, uh, I remember reading a story when I was a kid, uh, the German military at one, like, at one point marched like three days straight. And the only way they were able to do that was because of meth. Because of crank. Because of crank. Yes. Okay. okay. So... Uh, the um, the chemists that worked for Hitler, they had honed this formula down. Um, the, the crank formula. <laughs> the crank formula, that's correct. Um, and eventually it became some, like after World War II, I'm sure, okay. a diet supplement or metabolism booster. Kind of the same thing. Okay. You pop that pill, helps you- Lose weight? Burn fat or whatever you want to call. Whatever. Not eat so much. So- Clearly, there was a market for this. And, um... Well, we've talked about it on an episode before. Mm-hmm. We have. When it came to weight loss, AIDS, um, pretty much nothing was off the table. And I think at one point that included radon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about radon today. Right, right, I'm talking about right. crank. I'm just saying people didn't really know where to draw the line. Right. I would agree. For a while there. I would agree. And... I'm glad that you mentioned that because there was a line when it came to crank. Okay. Right? On on one side was a, a weight loss supplement. Sure. On the other side was a devastating street drug that the Hells Angels took advantage of. Um, and they began selling crank in the streets of Los Angeles. Yes. That sounds that sounds correct. That's right. This is the early nineties now. Yes. Okay. Hells Angels, they're going crazy with all the crank. When they're I was just, born. Yeah. They're selling crank left and right. Maybe maybe your mother did crank. I don't know. My mother's your mother, so if you're, if I'm My a mother crank, didn't do crank, but I, maybe your mother did crank. If I'm a crank baby, you're a crank I'm baby. I'm not a crank baby. I didn't think I was either. Anyway, wow. Um, so in the early 90s, they were making this using Vicks inhalers. Okay. Which were a, a common, like, over-the-counter drug that people would take when they were sick, right? Um, they would use these Vicks inhalers because they had a specific drug inside of them that they would remove chemically in their bathtub. Bathtub crank. Bathtub crank, that's correct. Um, Specifically, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, and I don't care. Phenol 2 propanone. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Can I see? I mean, it looks like phenyl two, a propanone. There it is, right there. <laughs> say it, bitch. I know you want to say phenyl two propanone. It's phenyl, phenyl two, and yes, it is propanone. I would say. All right. Well, there we go. Phenyl. <laughs> kind of, kind of similar to anal, but not. Um, they would take a, this this chemical, the the phenyl, mm-hmm. the phenyl two propanone chemical from Kodak film. What? They would use methods to pull out certain drugs from it, which also could be found in Sudafed, right? Yeah. They would pull out these drugs from it in order to produce their bathtub crank. Now. When I say bathtub crank, so crank is also another street term for methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. The difference is methamphetamine usually means crystal meth. That's where that came from. Yes. Now, amphetamines can be prescribed. You can be prescribed an amphetamine. You can be prescribed Ritalin and- an upper. Right. You can prescribe Ritalin, you can be prescribed or Adderall you know, they prescribe it for those ADHD children and whatnot. Right. Young Terry's. Yeah. Well, they pull this this drug, the the phenyl two propanone. Phenyl. Right. From you might you might have heard of these. Red Devil Lie. I have never heard of that. Kerosene. I've heard of that. And black iodine. Iodine? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Now the reason why I'm assuming that you heard of these before is because these are these are drugs commonly used by horse farmers um, for medicating hooves. Nope, never heard of them for that purpose. I, I would have assumed. I've heard of iodine, but not black iodine. I've never heard of red, whatever, what'd you call it? Red death lie? I don't red know. devil lie. Sure, and then the middle one, what was that again? Kerosene. I've heard of kerosene. Right, because it be- was treated for your hooves. No, no, I don't have hooves. I have regular hands um, and I know what kerosene is just because, you know, I'm a regular human being who's run into kerosene before in their lives. Sure. Of course. Well, everyone else in the world might not have heard of these because they're not a horse, um, but these were typically treated. These were medications that were used for horse hooves, right? Mm -hmm. Now, specifically, you couldn't really buy these drugs from like a typical like horse farmer, right? Like like you're used to. This would be- Why? I'm not a horse. Okay, let's just roll with that, okay? Um, Uh, Why wouldn't we? So a lot of people bought this from, we'll call them non-traditional horse farmers. Unorthodox horse farmers? Oh, they're very orthodox. They're the Amish people. (gasps) Oh! (laughs) Yes, the Amish people were deep in the drug trade and they had no idea. Oh my God! (laughs) Yeah. So people were buying these ingredients from them? From them, yes, during the 70s and 80s because, you know, who the fuck cares? So. I know what you're thinking. What is bathtub crank, right? It's got all this crazy shit in it. I already told you it's the poor man's meth. That is like what it is commonly known as. Now the problem, but the, or sorry, the difference between bathtub crank and meth is a problem, okay? And that's because methamphetamine is, while of course dangerous, pure. You are getting crystal amphetamine. It is, they basically cook every other thing out of it so it is just amphetamine crank is not the same the reason why crank is so dangerous is if you bought crank and you're going to use it you have no fucking idea what is in this all you know is that it has amphetamine in it basically it's like whatever the maker of it had in their bathroom cabinet kinda yeah so obviously 
when you, if you were to use crank, there are a bunch of dangers and risks, right? Um, same as meth, but kind of more severe. It's kind of like today, right? You can't just go buy cocaine off the street anymore because you don't know if it's cut with fentanyl, Uh huh. right? Like 10 years ago, yeah, you could have went and bought cocaine and you could have used cocaine and had a great night. Today, you don't know if you're gonna die or not because they cut it with fentanyl. So same thing, bathtub crank, it's like fentanyl. So obviously people would inject it, smoke it, snort it, even consume it, like mix it in their food and eat it, eat the crank. Whoa. I know. They, put, um, they sprinkle a little crank on top of their Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, just, you know, like Salt Bay, how he can just like dribble that salt. Right onto the- Right off like, his forearm, the onto the- Pork onto ribs. The, mm-hmm. They would do that with their crank. Boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. They're making a little quesadilla on their stove. They sprinkle a little crank just onto it. Just a little crank. Before, and then they fold the tortilla over. Mm-hmm. You're getting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jessica, have you used crank before? No. You seem like a professional. I'd be really good at it if I did. So just like meth, uh, crank obviously travels to the brain. And so the fastest way to do it is just injecting it. The slowest way would be ingesting it. Sure. And then there's ways in the middle to get there. Um, But because crank contains all of these additional compounds that methamphetamine does not have, it lingers in your system longer. Which I'm sure is, is a benefit to some people. It's a benefit to no one because it causes far more injury and damage. But what if you want the effects to linger? The amphetamine effects don't linger. The amphetamine effects are just as quick as meth. So the the bathtub cleaner effects are the ones that linger. That's correct. Oh. That's correct. That's That's not so great. The longer it's in your system, the more it causes injury and damage. Hmm. And overdosing is far more common. Okay. with bathtub crank than it is methamphetamine. And so a traditional meth addict would avoid ever using crank, right? They would never stoop so low as to use crank. Mm-hmm. Now, the reasons why, and this is a quick list as to why you, Jessica, and oh. you, the listener, should avoid crank. Why should we avoid it? Well, that is because crank can cause hypothermia. Ooh, chilly. A little cold dental problems of course no one likes that speech impairment body aches and pains ouch irrational sense of time and place okay risky behaviors and skewed judgment i don't like that anxiety nervous hysteria and paranoia we've already got some of that all of us probably Mm mm-hmm respiratory issues and rapid breathing no thanks loss of appetite and significant weight loss Maybe some of us do want Kind of that. a little positive, right? That's the only up in this. <laughs> Hypertension, heart heart attacks, and rapid heartbeat. I don't want any, I, I don't want most of those. Most of those, no. The weight loss, ooh, is that a side effect? <laughs> <laughs> Crick doesn't sound too bad all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so in the United States, crank is largely produced in labs. Uh, they use modest homes, they use barns, they, whatever they can, whatever they can get a hold of, a space. Sure. Right? To make their crank labs. That's right. Their crank labs. Now, the majority of users prepare this crank for themselves. They can't afford to buy meth, but they can afford to make their own crank. And that is why it is the poor man's meth. Mm-hmm. And now the reason why it's so dangerous is because if you are an inexperienced crank cooker, 
you may not know that for every pound of crank that you cook, there are over 2.7 kilograms of hazardous mist that forms in the air. Is that why on the TV shows, they wear the gas masks? They wear those gas masks. That's correct. Okay. They're making meth. That's even more pure. I would imagine there's more chemicals in the air because they use so many chemicals to make it close to pure. Right. So people would use walk-in bathtubs, um, regular household bathtubs. They would use hot tubs. Didn't matter. Some form of large vat that they could cook their crank in. Wow. That's right. Um, and they would cook up their sloppy batches of crank. That sounds messy and not so great. I know. What you didn't know is that a house that was used to cook crank was uninhabitable afterward. Because of the fumes? Cities, states, counties, they would constantly bust these houses, right? And these houses would not even sell at auction because they were so uninhabitable no one would buy them. They would tear them down and then auction off the land. They would really be that toxic? They're, it's that toxic. That's crazy. I know. I didn't know so, that. So most people cook their crank in a porcelain bathtub. Now this was very popular in the 80s, 90s. And even today you can find them in a regular home, like a porcelain bathtub. Mm -hmm. But what you didn't know is that used to be the case that motel rooms, car trunks. Oh trunks of cars campgrounds whoa used to all be used to cook crank i know i mean they made those cars far sturdier my little ford focus couldn't handle any crank being cooked in the trunk there's no way how would you even know there's no way what if you didn't try i oh it's a hatchback i'm assuming i'd die first maybe i don't know well water contamination was like a big thing Right? It would cause all sorts of shit to grow from the crank. Ew, and by grow, like I mean like like fume-wise. Oh. Yeah, which it would wasn't- spit out a bunch of gases. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, basically, uh, if you're gonna produce crank in your bathtub, if you're gonna make some bathtub crank, it was kind of like a one and done situation. You make it, you scoop it, and you bounce because you can't live there anymore. For like several, I guess I wouldn't know how long does it take to dissipate something like that. I don't know. It takes a while. Well, I'm going to answer all your questions because I know the next thing that you're going to ask is... How good is the high? How good is the high? Thank you for asking, Jessica. Well, I can tell you this. In 2011... Mm -hmm. That's the year I was married. Oh, this was, this was September 8th. 2011. Oh, it was a couple months before our, our wedding date. Oh my God. How romantic. How romantic. What happened? Well, this is an article from the Tampa Bay Times titled Police. Oh no. Killer. High on crack. Okay. Okay. You said Tampa Bay and I was like, ooh. Yeah. This yeah. Is we know bad. this is in Florida. Shit's going south. Yeah. Okay. So there's a man, uh, John Gregory Browning who's accused of stabbing a motel manager to death. Okay. While he was high on cheap amphetamine. Bathtub crank. It was bathtub crank is what it was. Okay. Well, well I mean, he was accused, was he guilty? Well, hold on, we'll get there. So Browning was only 23 years old. He's a young man. And he was charged with first degree murder. He's even younger than you. He is younger than me. Uh, first degree murder for the death of the manager 
of the Inn on the Hill. Oh, no. That's right. And not only did he murder him, he stole almost $100 from the motel register. Huh. The victim, poor 54-year-old Howard Floyd. Oh, Howard. I know. Do you want to hear how great Floyd was? Floyd used to be a transient with many jail records. Okay. But he turned his life around. He worked at the Inn on the Hill for many years until he became the manager. He lived at the same motel in apartment number one, Jessica, number one. He was known for his generosity. He would prepare annual Thanksgiving meals for residents of the inn and anyone else who showed up. That's so sad. That's right. Now, Floyd knew Browning, the murderer. He knew him because Floyd had given him money in the past, including the past Monday. And according to police, Browning was seen with Floyd at about 9 p.m. Monday night. Now, that was the last time that Floyd was seen alive because according to police, Browning was very, very angry that Floyd didn't give him as much money as he wanted. That's so terrible. So he grabbed Floyd's kitchen knife and he stabbed him repeatedly until he was dead. That's right. Now, witnesses reported Browning leave the motel with bloody clothing. He, they said he had a cut hand. All things that would leave evidence everywhere if it were true. I know. And it was true because there was evidence abundance. No! In abundance. That's correct. Yes. Um, he was arrested. Browning was. He was charged with first degree murder. And unfortunately, he was in fact sentenced. I don't have the exact sentence that he was given. Okay. But he First was. First degree he, murder. Yeah. Under the influence of drugs. That's right. So next, we're going to look at this very, very mild story. Aw. Uh, here's the headline. I'm scared. Mom took drugs. And no! fell, as- fell asleep in tub, killing infant son. No! Do you want to see him? He's cute. He's 10 months old. Look no! at him. Oh, my Aww. heart. He's so cute, though, huh? That looks like Dean, my boy. I know. So in Georgia, 2021... A mother was taking a bath with her son. Okay. She took some cheap amphetamines. Bathtub crank. Also known as bathtub crank. And she fell asleep. No. With her baby in the tub, causing her to drown the infant. No. That's right. Mother Annalise Brantley, 19 years old, was arrested and charged with second-degree murder, cruelty of children, and... Unfortunately for her, she ended up losing custody of her other five children. Oh, my heart. That's right. So when deputies reported the scene, the child was unresponsive. He later died in the hospital. He wasn't dead yet, but he later died in the hospital. Poor baby. I know. It was very sad. She woke up. She actually called the police because she thought her baby was dead. But it was her fault that the baby was dying in the first place. At least the intention. The intention was there. Um, Wasn't there? Oh no! The right. If she she didn't intend to murder her child, she was negligent and fucking stupid and terrible. But at least she wasn't trying to murder a child. Yeah. So all of this to say, this poor little baby. Look at him. Look at that little baby. Why are you showing me this picture? He's a cute little baby. Stop it. Oh, he's dead now. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so like I said, she lost custody of her other five children. 19 years old. That's kind of a red flag, right? Anyway. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Are you sure? There's so many red flags <laughs> going down on this story. 
She was taken into custody and she was sentenced to where she is serving time in jail. This is her. Oh, poor looks, baby. She looks like a baby herself, right? This is all so sad. I know. Now I move on to the last final part of my story. About bathtub crank? That's right. How to make bathtub crank. How to so, make it? <laughs> you want to walk everybody through how to make it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to teach you how to make it because, okay. Jessica, I managed to find this. And there's no way I'm not sharing it. Was it WikiHow? No, it was not Wiki How to Make Bathtub <laughs> Crank. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> this was this was deep dark internet. I wasn't on the dark web per se. Obviously not. Right, because I was on my work computer. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, because some of your peers, your fellow employees, okay. listen to this podcast. So our work computers have like parental controls on them or whatever. <laughs> sure. But like I learned how to proxy around that shit when I was like 11 years old. Yeah. So it's it's just it I, just happens. I remember all of that. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Of course I can. Ah, anyone can proxy. It doesn't take long. It's one YouTube video. You know. Sure. Anyway, so there are multiple different recipes to make bathtub crank. I bet. Now the most common is you use ephedrine or pseudo ephedrine. Okay. Now on the streets, this okay. is how you make peanut butter bathtub crank. Does it taste like peanut butter? I don't know, Jessica. I don't know why it's called this. Maybe it's brown. Okay. No idea. Anyway, so if the cook doesn't have these like exact drugs, right? Like in their pure form, which obviously he won't. Because it's bathtub crank. He needs to find things with them and separate the drug from these items. Okay. So you combine the drugs with solvent and, and you create a solution. Yes. Now you cook them at low temperatures, which separates and removes the materials that you need. Yeah. You take those. Now, if you were to use those, the red phosphorus and the hydrogen chloride. That sounds their, terrible. It sounds awful. If you were to use it in their pure form, you could make crystal meth. You'd have to have a lot of it. We haven't got a lot of it. We're making bathtub crank. You think we got money? I don't think so. Not if we're using a bathtub. So they would filter the red phosphorus and the residual acids and they would make they would make a dye solution okay next they add a chemical that would bond all of this meth okay now it's a liquid meth interesting okay. and it's drained and this liquid meth is passed through hydrogen chloride gas generators um that's right and it results in a crystalline hydrochlorid salt all right. Okay. So now the cook would have to strain this through a filter Obviously. before he dries the meth. Of course. It's still wet meth. Now it's dry meth. We don't want wet meth. I know. Now meth users would consume this dried material, right? Yeah. Is that what it sounds like? Yeah. <laughs> Very delicious. Okay. This dry meth. All right. But it's important to note that this procedure can take two days to get all this dried meth. No one's got time for that. In order to sniff like that. Yeah, no one's got time for that. No. So instead, they <laughs> they use the ephedrine or the pseudo-ephedrine and iodine and red phosphorus, and they mix them all in hydrochloric acid and red phosphorus, and they process it down until it's a hydrotic acid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's made by reacting iodine with the red phosphorus. Jessica, I don't know any of this. I'm it, saying so many big words. It sounds like you're making a bioweapon. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to war. Yeah. So luckily, um, normally when you're making bathtub crank, you make it in a small space. 
So because you need this the, confined the small bathtub space. You need yes, you need this confined small place like a like a bathtub per uh -huh. se, uh -huh. so that you can create a hot environment okay? in the tub. Now you would want either direct sunlight or some sort of heat. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people would just literally burn their porcelain bathtub. Put a fire under the tub to create the heat. That's correct. Back in the eighties and nineties, they were uncivilized. They used lithium batteries to make bathtub crank. What's wrong with that? We're far better than that. We're not like those quote tweakers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Jessica, this is, this is an article that was written by someone who produces, sells and uses bathtub crank. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is why he's calling them tweakers because they use lithium batteries like animals. I see. Apparently. That's a derogatory term. There yes. are, there are more sophisticated bathtub crank make there, makers now. There apparently are. Anyway, long story short, if you mix all of these things together in the proper way to create the certain forms and then you mix them back and backwards and forwards, you can create your own bathtub crank at home. And if you don't know how to find these ingredients, you can Google them and you can find them in a variety of household items. I saw a picture here with spray paint, soutane, Everclear, and butane. This is just average household items. This is terrible. That you can find and you can use them to make some bathtub crank. That's terrible. I know. That's of course, awful. Of course, I would never say to go home and do this yourself. Someone's gonna like mix ammonia with bleach or something. To oh, make some mustard gas? Yes! That's terrifying. I know! I hate mustard gas. <laughs> As you should! That's one of my biggest fears. <laughs> mustard gas. It's my biggest fear that I'm gonna get mustard gassed. And that's how I'm gonna go. <laughs> well, maybe just don't make crank in your bathtub. Maybe. What's the fun though, if you're not making, What's a, the, making what, a little crank in your bathtub? What fun is it? Yeah. I think you could have plenty of fun without making crank in your bathtub, personally. You could have a lot of fun, sure. But could you have the most fun? I guess there really is only one way to find out, isn't Let's there? Let's go make some bathtub crank <laughs> during the break. We're going to go make some bathtub crank. We'll be right no, back, everybody. We're not, we're not going to do that. I'm not doing that. That's well, not happening. Do you want to nope. inject it, snort nope. it, no smoke it, or ingest it? Nope. I don't want to do any of those. With, well, with the bathtub crank. Let's just start with snacks and then we'll see we'll see how we feel after that. You want to sprinkle the crank on the snacks? So TJ like messaged us on Instagram. He did. He sent us two things to watch. All right. Are you going to play are you going to play it? I don't like that. I'm not a fan. He had a carton of milk and he poked holes. In the udders of the cow. The udders of the cow. And then he squeezed the carton into his bowl of cereal. So that the udders squirted into his bowl. I don't like that. Not a fan. Ten miles offshore, where the water is 10,000 feet deep. Disgusting. Listening to sperm whale clicks. 
These huge animals could be anywhere below. That's hideous. Gross. I'm not, I'm not grossed out. He was just taking a video. I hate it. Of his little flippers. No, that was awful. In the water. No. And put little little effects that made it look like he was going deeper, but he wasn't, Jessica. His flippers were just floating right there on the top. That's disgusting. You don't think the deeper he went that the darker it would get because that homie was going deep and deep and deep and it just stayed light as shit. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. I hated that video. Bathtubs. You you can take like bubble baths and you can make crank. Oh shit, yeah, you can make crank. You can you can dissolve bodies. Um, I read a news article. Yeah. That said more people die in bathtubs than in car wrecks in Japan. <laughs> Why did you say in Japan? That was where the statistic was made. So in, in Japan, people are more likely to die in your bathtub than in your car? Yep. Huh. I mean, you know, here I was thinking that baths were meant to clean you. To scrub off all the impurities. Impurities. Yeah, just scrub them right down the drain. Certainly. You know who's the most pure sort of people I know? Mm. Oh, I know. I know who you're talking about. Do you? Our sponsors. (laughs) We would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products. They make plaques with all sorts of of hilarious sayings. Lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories. That's right. And everything is assembled by hand, all here in the United States. Made in the USA, and it is family owned. They are close friends of ours. That's the most I'll say. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they are fantastic, and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh, yeah. When I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit. It's pretty great. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. Nice. You should go, and you should buy something, listener, from their website because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they love us just like we love you. Jacob, we also have some discount codes from Tilted Tinker. We do. They were so amazing and kind to provide exclusive three shots in promo codes for their website, which give 15% off your entire purchase. Wow. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. And they provided two promo codes. You can make your purchase using the discount code HORSICA, H-O-R-S-E-I-C-A. That's HORSE, I-C-A. Or you can use... Jacob McGuire. <laughs> Jacob is spelled J-A-C-O-B. McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Wow. If you support Jessica more than you support me, use code Horsica. If you like me more than you like that bitch, go ahead and use Whoa. Jacob McGuire. <laughs> Jess, have you ever heard of spatial audio? No, it's spatial audio. Dude, it's audio that's spatial. What does that mean? It means you listen to music. Yeah. And you can hear distinct sounds on your left, on your right, behind you, in front of you, in the center of your skull. Okay. Like you can directionally hear where the sounds are coming from. Ew. But they do it on like regular music. 
It's mind blowing. All right. Now I tell you this because I was drunk as shit when I discovered spatial audio. Okay. <laughs> and it changed my world. I was uh-huh. laying on my couch. Sure. Had the spins. Ah. Listening to spatial audio. That's when you decided to listen to spatial audio. Oh yes. And not only was my my visuals spinning, but my aud- auditories were spinning <laughs> similarly, and it was wild. Wow. Yeah. And I have since soberly listened to spatial audio. It still blows my mind. Huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you should give it a shot. Maybe I will. Jacob, are you in the know? I mean, I'm in the know, but I'm also in the No Republic. That's right. We are sponsored by the No Republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States. I didn't know that. Their clothing is unique and everything is done in-house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now, that's right, everything is crafted by hand, shipped with love and care. Yeah, they're an awesome company. They always give back. And you can go on their website, The No Republic. Again, that's with a K. TheNoRepublic.com. Great customer service, too. I reached out to them with a problem, and they got back to me right away. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Normally, people take, like, you know, like, within 24 hours, but how soon did they get back? Four hours. Whoa! So, someone, yeah. who shall remain unnamed, sent in a comment about the last podcast where I talked about that guy who was struck by lightning seven times. Oh, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. The lightning guy? Yes. This person sent in uh, an addition to the information about that guy. Oh, sure. They said, I remember seeing him back in the 80s on a show called That's Incredible. Oh, so we're talking about an old person, a very old person who remembers seeing something in the 80s. I mean, they were born at l- earliest 70s. Who knows? One thing he said on the show was that ball lightning literally chased him down a dirt road ball a ball of lightning as though a wizard cast a spell on him chased him down a dirt road following his path as he ran like an orb yes of a lightning yes i don't buy it this motherfucker was wait who he said that that happened to him not this lightning man the lightning man it happened to him the lightning man the said orb it happened followed the lightning man the lightning man said that a ball of lightning Followed him down a path, chasing him as he ran. This motherfucker was the spawn of Satan, and he was meant <laughs> to be smited. Smote? Smoten. He was meant to be utterly smut by the lightning of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and it clearly didn't take. Right. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was crazy. It is crazy. I couldn't imagine having God trying to smet me while... I ran from orbs. I would hate to be smot. Uh, I would hate it too, to be smitten from the Lord. So we got an email from a listener, I can only assume. Sure, right. Only listeners email us. Devoted right. listeners, honestly. Yes, someone, someone who must be a listener of the show, send an email to jess at threeshotsin.com. Oh, they sent it to you? Yes. Um, 
Anyway, I think I'll just get into the email. I don't like that. I feel like you're going to, I feel like you're going to like hurt me with your words. It says, greetings, podcasters. I am Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman Al Saud. The Crown and people of Saudi Arabia are very much enjoying Three Shoes On. Okay. Talking horse Jessica is very entertainment. Yes. We hate prostitute Jake. No. We find whore Jake very offensive. No. Whore Jake is symbol of Western female decadence. <laughs> And we have recently learned that Whore Jake is number one prostitute in all of Tyrone, Texas. What the fuck? In order to continue entertainment podcast, I am issuing fatwa against Jake Whore. <laughs> May Allah guide my righteous blade into Jake's soft female womb, inshallah. <laughs> Respectfully yours. C-P-M-S-B-A-S, which I assume stands for Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman Al Saud. <laughs> Fuck you, Al Saud. <laughs> Coming up in a new Three Shots In patron exclusive. Tannis was a simple country girl looking for an escape from boring farm life. Big Al was everything she was looking for. A sexy, bad boy carnosaur from the wrong side of the food chain. Would their torrid romance tear their families apart? Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer by Lola Faust. To become a patron, go to threeshotsin.com and click the monthly subscription link. This is intended only for mature audiences. Three Shots In is not responsible for any soaked pants, green jeans, or stained seats. Listener discretion is advised. How did I get more drunk? The break is done. I'm like way more drunk. You you probably because you took more shots during the break. Oh, clever, Jessica. Clever. Is it? Yeah. Or what are, what are you? What are you, a detective? Nope. Well, catch this, whore. <laughs> you could have said something like, investigate this, bitch. <laughs> something like that. Okay. Well, shut up, Jess. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? What, what, what are you? <laughs> Fuck, Jessica, I'm really drunk. Okay. Satan takes possession of your soul. Uh, the only way to save it is to design a new Ben and Jerry's ice cream. What? That nobody buys. What is it? <laughs> you have to come up with... If you don't come up with the Ben and Jerry's flavor that nobody buys, Satan will rape you for the rest of your what? eternal life. <laughs> okay, so you have to come up with a disgusting Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor to I save your so. soul? I guess so. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras feet. That's it? That's my manager. Mardi Gras feet. You got those bitches walking around barefoot. Athlete's foot. Athletes, Mardi Gras athletes' feet. That's, why, it, why does it have to be Mardi Gras? Because I feel like that's just like the nastiest place you could be barefoot, you know? New Orleans? Bourbon Street. You're okay. barefoot up on that like ancient ass cobblestone. Where people just pee. Oh, they just piss all up in that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. No, it's either that or it's like band-aid adhesive. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll say Moulin Rouge toes. Mm-mm. I'll say musty jock strap. That's that's the Ben and Jerry's flavor. You're going straight to hell and Satan will have his way with you for years because Why? because you'll try that ice do cream. Do you flavor? know do you know how many gays <laughs> will jump at that? Jessica, Fine. I know I know of two <laughs> <laughs> who would order that flavor in a heartbeat. Okay. 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 Fine. How about Appalachian bathtub crank? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti's uncut ginger chode. Oh, oh. I don't think anyone would order that. No one would order that. You won. Yeah. I think someone would order Mardi Gras feet before they ordered Paul Giamatti's. Mardi Gras athlete's foot. Before they ordered. Paul Giamatti's uncut ginger chode. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. Cheesy. No. Aardvark. Oh, you know they're hairy, and you know they're like they're like all like thick and swollen and just like closed all together. Droopy, anteater nosed, cock. Oh my god! And you know his balls. <laughs> oh, you know they're just—he's just got a big old red bush there. It's just a thick ass bush. Mm-hmm. Ugh! You're not ordering that ice cream. Well, you know you're sucking off Santa Claus. <laughs> That was arguably the worst Paul Giamatti impression. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize it. Ever. Uh, Either way. Ever done. I think I saved my soul. I think you did. I think your soul is more secure than my soul. I'm very confident that my soul makes it. I think your soul is also fine. But I think your soul is like 10 times more safe than my soul. Yeah, I think so too. Ugh. Ugh. Paul Giamatti, he's just so gross. He's just so grody, you know? Yes. Yes, I know. And it sucks because he's such a great actor. I know. He's such a great actor, but he's just so gross looking. Uh Uh-huh. Well, now we are moving on to my story. My bathtub story. Oh, shit. Forgot we're talking about bathtubs. We've been talking about bathtubs this whole time. I know, but I forgot. About bathtubs? You forgot about crank? I did. Now, it's not because bathtub crank is forgettable. It's because I'm drunk as shit. Sure. Well- Today I'm going to talk about Kolkata's Hitchcock House of Horrors. Kolkata's? Hitchcock. Hitchcock House of Horrors. Like Hitchcock, like Alfred Hitchcock. Like Alfred Hitchcock, yes. And Kolkata. Like, like India. What the fuck? Kol- Is that a city? Yep. Kolkata, India. Kolkata, India made some sort of Alfred Hitchcock themed fucking House of Horrors? No, they didn't make it. They didn't make it, but someone did. Sort of. I'm disgusted by your facial expressions, and I'm going to assume that this story is not going to have a happy ending. It does not. It has a very unhappy ending. It's pretty bleak. June 10th, 2015. Somewhere recent. We're talking seven years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Police respond to a call about a fire at 3 Robinson Road, in South Kolkata's Shakespeare Sarani. Shakespeare Sarani is a street running in the central business district of South Kolkata. And uh, it's got a bunch of like commercial buildings, offices, shops, restaurants. It's like an upscale neighborhood. Sounds like some sort of uh, like big town, downtown area type of shit. Yes. 
Very much like that. So the call, I'm assuming, came from one of a few neighbors who rented homes uh, on the same property. They had reported a fire, like I said. Mm -hmm. When authorities enter the house the fire was reported in, they meet 44-year-old Partha Day. Partha explains that his father, 77-year-old Arabindo Day, committed suicide. Okay. They recover Arabindo's charred body from a bathtub within the house. I don't know how many people burn themselves in a bathtub. Not many. I would assume very, very, very few. It is few, yes. He self-immolated. It's another word for it, another term. I would assume that, was it Partub? I'm sorry? The boy? Uh, Partha. Parthub? Partha. Partha. I would assume that Partha had some shady shit involved. He did. Okay. But not in the way you think. Oh. You know what? Just continue. I will literally just react. Okay. Anyway, Arabindo, his charred body, body is recovered from a bathtub within the house. He was 77 when he immolated himself. And uh, his body was sent in for autopsy. 77 is old to burn yourself. It is. A quote from the South Division Deputy Commissioner of Kolkata Police. He said, since it was a case of unnatural death, we posted two constables outside the house. They found Partha behaving suspiciously, which raised doubts. We later interrogated him, during which he told us that the skeleton of his sister, Debjani, who died nearly six months earlier, was in the house. He also told us that Debjani was depressed due to the death of their pet dogs and shunned eating, which eventually led to her death. This is what he convinced, he, he confessed to police when they asked him about his father's death. Hearing this, they went back to his house to recover the skeleton of his sister. In what had been Debjani's room, which was a dimly lit, air-conditioned room, the gaps between doors and windows all covered with cloth and tape. In one corner, there lay Debjani's skeleton in the in a wooden cot that had been her bed. Okay. The skeletons of the family's two Labradors close by. Oh, we got an animal killer. Nope. No? No? You said nope very confidently. So far as we know. I don't like this story. He claimed he could bring his sister back from death, said a police officer. The skeletons were sent for examination and a forensic team also visited the house to collect samples. Dibjani's room was filled with devotional books that Partha said were his means to reach out to God. They changed bedsheets every day. The room was cleaned too. It seemed he took regular care of the skeleton, said an officer. Bedsheets and blankets were changed daily and the skeleton was neatly tucked under a blanket with the skull sticking out exactly in the same way, in the same pose, in which Debjani, his sister, used to sleep. He offered rice, dal, fish, dry food, biscuits, and even tea to her skeleton. He said his father initially protested about keeping the skeletons, but later was convinced that she would come for food. His father left a suicide note stating that no one is responsible for his death, and the note ended in, Love you, Betta, which is the Hindi word for son. Mm. His suicide letter was dated June 8th, two days before his suicide. Okay. Shady. Strange. Someone is quoted saying, Partha did not appear to be normal. Ah, uh, you, Partha, man, you can, you convinced so many. Hit the nail on the head, I'd say. But you got, you got one that wasn't convinced. His room was unkempt, 
and he had a disheveled appearance, regardless of the entire house being kept very clean. And he had a, oh, the Day family seemed to be reclusive. The family seemed to be living in a haze of depression. Both siblings were unmarried and Partha had left his job as a software engineer in 2007. This is a quote from a joint commissioner of the Kolkata police. Partha obviously was hospitalized after all of this was discovered. A psychologist named Om Prakash Singh said such incidents, quote, have happened in many places of the world where people have lived with the corpses of their loved ones for many years. Because of the extreme level of love and bonding, some people cannot accept that their near ones have died and create a world of their own believing that there is no death. In Hitchcock's 1960 psychological thriller Psycho, the protagonist, Norman Bates, is trapped in the persona of his mother, whom he had murdered. Right. Guilty over her death and wanting to delete her death from his mind, he exhumed her corpse and began to treat it as if she were alive. Yeah, I don't like where this is going. So after spending a few weeks at Pavlov Mental Hospital in Kolkata and then a few days with the missionaries of charity, Partha vanished from the public eye because this was the hot topic for a really long time. Okay. In fact, that's what made that home in particular dubbed Kolkata's Hitchcock House of Horrors. February 2017. That is a lot more recent than 2015. It's two years two afterwards. Years. Partha was found dead in his flat by his apartment caretaker who had been trying to reach him for quite a while. Okay. The, ter- the caretaker of the flat entered the 11th floor apartment using a duplicate key, and inside he found Day's half-charred body on the, ba- on the bathroom floor. Oh, shit. A bottle half-filled with petrol and some matchsticks were found scattered around. An autopsy revealed that Partha had actually died from a heart attack while he burned, not from the burning itself. Whoa. And... You could argue he died of fear. Mm-hmm. So there were some extra details. I just, I was trying to make this into a cohesive sort of timeline. Yeah. But there were some details that didn't really fit anywhere that were just strange. So when the skeleton of Dibjani, Partha's sister, and her dogs were being removed from the home in the first place, the voice of American devotional speaker Joyce Mayer echoed from hidden speakers on the walls in her bedroom. What did uh, the echoes of Joyce Mayer say? Christian things. Interesting. Mm-hmm. During the investigation of the family's home after the skeletons were recovered, police also found notes written in the handwriting of a female, presumably Dibjani, stuffed into her handbag, as well as cracks in the walls, under the beds, and tucked into corners of furniture. Apparently, they weren't of anything in particular. Great. After Partha's death, a book by Joel Osteen was found called You Can, You Will. It was found in his bedroom along with, and this is alleged, erotic stories written by Partha himself themed mostly around incest. Um, you mentioned someone before. I don't think I don't think I remember the name that well. It was it was Joe? Joel? Joel. Joel Osteen. Osteen. Yes. Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. And you said that that book was found next to a Partha written book about incest? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Allegedly. Allegedly, of course, yes. I don't know who this this Joe is. Joel. Joel. But this is interesting. 
Yeah, super gross. Like all the way around. Jessica, the entire thing you've been, entire fucking story until now is fucking gross. What the fuck do you mean now? I didn't say now. I said all the way around. Well, fuck. So you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But it was implied, okay? This whole thing is nasty as shit. It's super weird. And it's so weird that that uh, building in particular um, is now crowded throughout the year with paranormal investigators and ghost tours. Like the Queen Mary? Uh Uh-huh. Like the ship? Yeah. It's become a little tourist location. Calcutta's House of Horrors. How close is it to us? Not very close at all. If you were to guess. I'd say the other side of the world. That seems pretty distant. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, bathtub came in where, uh, what was his father's name? Partha's father. Oh, it's spelled with a K. Yes. Arabindo had immolated himself in the bathtub. On the other side of the world, as I just confirmed. Yes. On my phone. That's in India. Yeah, it's pretty far. I forgot we were talking about India. Oh, yes, it's super far. I thought Calcutta was some, like, Californian city. No. Mm. It's, I promise that's just the moonshine talking. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it is. Anyway, continue. That's it. That's the whole story. That's disgusting. There's no, like, resolution? Nope. You nasty bitch. It's this terrible, hideous, horrific mystery. No one knows why they did it, why they behaved the way they did. She literally, the sister starved herself to death. She withered away. Her father and brother didn't report it or anything. They just watched. She died. And then they convinced themselves that by listening to enough like Christian motivational speaking and playing it on speakers all throughout the whole second floor of the building of their house, that they could bring her back to life. Eventually, the father lit himself on fire in the bathtub. How do you light yourself on fire in a bathtub? Another detail that like creeped me out is the neighbors didn't even hear any screaming. They reported a fire. They had no idea anyone was burning. And the same, it was the exact same with Partha's death. Neighbors did not hear any screaming. They just saw a fire and reported it. And they found him dead when they went into the apartment. That is some satanic fire. You are dead in an an instant. Actually. I would imagine, look. Sorry, neighbors didn't see the fire even. He was half charred, but no one saw a fire. It was the landlord, the caretaker of the building, of his apartment building, who went in to check on him because he wasn't able to reach him for like a while. He did a wellness check. Ugh, that's disgusting. Isn't it so weird? Look, I would like to believe that I'm I'm just a strong man, you know? I'm so strong. Uh-huh. And I'm so manly. Right. Right? And like... Drink it. Well, you you don't even drink Mike's hard lemonade. No, I don't. I only drink Mike's harder lemonade. Right. Because I'm so much harder than the regular Mike's hard. You know, I'm such a badass. I'm, I'm just a... I'm just a big, strong man with, with big biceps. You see them? Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Look at those big ass biceps. Whoa. Mmm, they're massive. Okay. Um, there's no way. There's no way that I would not be screaming in pain as I'm being burnt alive. There's no way. Me being the big strong man that we just obviously established. Established. Right. Right. That's disgusting. Yeah. Super weird. And that's what I found when I searched for bathtub. And the cause of death was that, and it wasn't like I don't know, blunt force trauma or some shit. For 
uh, Arabindo, which was Partha's father, it was the burning that killed him. He lit himself on fire and died from burning. Ugh. Partha lit himself on fire and died from a heart attack. I'm assuming a heart attack that was brought on by burning himself. Well, you hear about all the dudes that like jump off of a cliff or some shit and they died of a drug overdose on the way down or some shit. Like, I get it. Other factors have a play, but still, no one fucking knew. No one fucking heard you screaming in pain as you're being burnt alive. I don't care how strong you fucking are. You're going to scream mm-hmm. when when those fires fucking singe you. Yeah. Ugh. Partha's neighbors, in he was on the 11th floor of an apartment building. It probably wasn't that big of an, apart- an apartment. No one even knew there was the a fire, fire in there. The fire didn't even spread? No. Ugh. No one even knew there was a fire in there. Ugh. This sounds like, remember in Hereditary when the dad got lit on fire and yeah. he died like silently and shit? Yes. I hate that movie so much. Me too. That you is, need to listen to that episode with dad on it because I talked about that. You talked about Hereditary? Yeah, we spun the wheel and what popped up was like name a scene in a movie that like really fucking got you. Was it the decapitation? Yes. Yeah. I talked about what was like that uh, the mom was chasing her son because she was demon possessed. Nah. And that she's like really aggressive and like fucking loud and like crazy fast and strong. And he finally like manages to escape into the attic only to find that he hears this like sawing sound. And there she is like floating above him, sawing her own head off. Staring at him. Wide eyed. Yeah. S- sawing her own fucking head off with like a fucking piano wire. Disgusting. Disgusting. I hate you. I hate you, director. What the, <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck his name is, but I hate you. I don't know. It was the same guy who did Midsommar and that wasn't even so bad. Midsommar was realistic. Not so much scary. More realistic than that. Midsommar was realistic in that every single thing that they said in that other like foreign fucking language is a genuine fucking thing. Like when they said, oh, fuck what they called like it to stop or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, I don't know. And they went out. I was like, oh, so the old people are going to fucking jump to their deaths. That's exactly what happened. How do you know the language? I don't know the language. I just watched a lot of TV. And so I know that like, what? You can barely spell language. I don't How? need to spell to hear it. Whore. <laughs> You stupid horse. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes humans can hear things. That's okay? true. Yeah, you're right. Jeez. You know, speaking of hearing, how about you check your hearing at the door? <laughs> I'm just going to spin the wheel. No. Okay, fine. Ready? Jessica? I am. Oh, you think you're so ready? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you think you're all all ready and shit? For a wheel spin? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm good to go. Okay, well, here it comes. Are uh, you ready? Yeah, I, yep. Yep. I said I was. She said she was. What's the most useful thing your dad taught you? Ooh. Can't be Starburst. I was never taught it that. It can't be a Starburst. I was never taught that, and I would never have an opportunity to use it. Most useful thing my dad taught me. I got it. Well, what? Um convincing my children that I have some kind of mystical sixth sense that can detect lies. Oh my God, that piece of shit. Our father used to like, be like, let me see your finger. And we'd point our finger out and he would grip it. And he'd be like, 
tell me the truth or I'll know that you're lying. He called himself a human lie detector. Yeah, that dirty bastard. He would pinch the tip of he our finger shit. and would claim that by doing that, he could tell when we were lying and he couldn't. It was just to freak us out so that we would tell the truth and it worked. Stupid bastard. My kids did the same. And I, I don't squeeze their finger. I just convince them that like I have some kind of like superior intelligence and can tell when they're lying, which by the way is true most of the time. Well, because they're children and, and they're so stupid. They're terrible liars. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. I hate kids. Now there are much more profound things I'm sure our father has taught us, but that was the first thing that came to mind. So I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Okay. Well, what did my father teach me that was um, useful? So a couple of things. Dad taught me the quickest way to break a hand, mm-hmm. grip the thumb, rip back, right? Right. Breaks the, rips the thumb out of its socket. Uh-huh. Breaks their hand. Um, Dad also taught me the quickest way to the, to the heart. Through the armpit. Arth- right? Through the armpit. Who would have guessed? Through the armpit. You go right through that rib cage. Mm-hmm. Hit that heart. Um, other than that, I mean, don't shoot multiple times. Shoot twice and then wait. Count to three and then shoot again. Because if you shoot three or four times in a row, well, now you seem like the aggressor. Sure. But if you shoot twice and then you wait and then you shoot again, that was all in self-defense. Mm. That's what I learned. Sure. Because he used to work for a uh, specific large law enforcement agency. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what he taught me? What? Other than the human lie detector thing. Uh-huh. To hide the good cereal on the top shelf behind like dishes and snacks and stuff. Where the kids can't see it. Yeah. And I practice yeah. that to this day. Um, so I had said that was the most useful thing. You just reminded me of an even more useful thing. Mm-hmm. When you go out to eat, eat the leftovers before anyone else even thinks about them. Because someone else will steal them before yeah. you get back to them? Yeah. I don't know how many times, I do this all the time now with Danny. We go to like Panda Express or something, you know? And I eat all my food in a sitting and Danny only eats half of hers. But the next day, I want more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I open the fridge and I take all of her shit out and I eat it. Before uh-huh. she even has a chance to think about it. Sure. That's what dad taught me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What dad taught me is that if I have any leftovers, I do want to eat. I should eat them as soon as possible so that no one else confuses my food that I want to eat for food that they're allowed to eat. That's true because dad would eat everything in our fridge. Everything. Yeah. Um, I also learned that if you just kind of get excited about a food. Yeah then your kids get excited about it too. Mm. Because he tried to convince me that SpaghettiOs were delicious and they're not. No. I hate them. I hate them. I hate SpaghettiOs. They're not good. Oh, well, shoot, son. When I was a wee kid, I used to eat SpaghettiOs. Well, he said it just like that. Exactly like that. That's he thought crazy. he was Southern for a minute there. Well, and And he did. He was all like, Talking about SpaghettiOs, and I don't even like SpaghettiOs. I think they're nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, in summary, we learned a lot of useful things from our father. Fuck useful. I forgot that was what the the key word was. I, that, I mean, I thought that's what you'd said. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> anyway. If you like what you heard, 
and you enjoyed this episode and laughed along with us, please recommend this podcast, like, rate, and subscribe. Share us with anyone you think would enjoy. And, Absolutely uh, anyone. Laugh, laugh along could- with us. Join us on Instagram at Three Shots In Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Three Shots In. We have a website that was very expertly designed by our, our in-house web designer. That's me. That's Jake. That's right. The website is beautiful and it's delicious. You couldn't taste it because you're not like a computer and stuff. But if you could, it would taste just like fucking marshmallows and I don't know, campfire. I don't remember where I was going with this joke. Campfire? It was a, it was a whole bit though. I had it in my head. Okay. But it's you're gone. Too, you're too drunk for clever yeah, it's things. Fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter because you're on our website now, threeshotsin.com. And while you're there, you could, I don't know, go on PayPal. There's a link right there for a single time donation where you can give us, I don't know, your entire life savings, your entire trust fund. Half Just of give it. it to us. Half of it. A quarter Maybe of it. A quarter of your trust fund. No one's asking for that much. Whatever. It's our internet tip jar, and yeah. you get to decide just, what the amount is. Give it to us. It could be anything. You could also subscribe to our Patreon. And on our Patreon, we have very valuable things to offer you. Oh, they're so exclusive. Exclusive things. They're exclusive. They're tasty. My nipples get hard just thinking about them. Okay. Um, join them. Join Patreon. Join our patrons. And enjoy all of these exclusive, tasty, nipple-hardening things. And uh, next week, episode 38, the topic will be... Offspring. That's right. We could talk about babies. <laughs> babies. <laughs> and, and, and children. <laughs> Maybe even, like, cousins or something. I have no idea. It kind of se- that seems... Distant nieces and nephews. <laughs> that seems... Like a much narrower subject somehow, even more than bathtub. But that's fine. I think there's a band named Offspring. There is. You can talk about them. Sure. Um, anyway, that's the topic for next time. And I'm thinking next time we'll probably try to secure a guest. Unsure of who that will be. Unsure. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We love you. Kate Blanchett? I don't find her attractive. I feel bad for you that you can't think of a wonderful actress that you wouldn't, you know, totally bone. I'd totally bone all of them, but that's literally just because I want the fame.